Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. My name is Mark Kennedy. I'm joined this week by our residents, uh, Rory Walsh, Karen Collins. I'm delighted to have James Mulcair all the way from Beaufort, but a good Cork native uh, with us for the second episode. How are things, lads? All good. Thanks, Mark. Good. Yeah, good. Very good. Well, we'll start from start, lads. Uh, what stood out for you uh, last weekend? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to skip past the clear performance against Cork and go straight to the Hearty Cup final. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was actually I was I was thrilled to be there in the Gaelic grounds. Um, Tulla, as you know, had been kind of the fairy tale story beforehand, and I suppose people are kind of wondering, in a way, are they just happy to be to, in the final? But by no means was that the case. They hurled extremely well, had a great structure to what they were doing. Um, just uh, also just kind of uh, we, you could tell from how they got to the final. They went through a series of tight games. Uh, against kingpins, you could say of the Hearty Cup, De La Salle, um, CBC, who had been, you know, the, the the team of the last few years in there, and uh, just kind of, I think that kind of g- gave them spirit that if it was going to be a tight game, that they had been through the middle before. So yeah, they, they they had that in the second half. They went up four points with the breeze, and it looked like they might actually open, you know, a gap to win it. But Arsenal came back at them, had a couple of goal chances. Adam Hogan, fullback for Tala, exceptional. Uh, he was on the Clare 20s last year. And if you're talking about a guy who could actually just already pop into a Clare senior setup, because we definitely need to start looking at backs and full back line in particular. And he's a guy that would be no harm even having the setup this year. And I'm sure he's on Lohan's radar already. Um, yeah, even uh, out the field, Oshin Clune, wing back. Uh, actually, a lot of the fecal boys, uh, three of the fecal boys really strong, the captain as well. Um, O'Connor midfield, two brothers, the two O'Connor brothers. Um, yeah, and cornerback uh, from from Tulla, uh, Ryan made an unbelievable block for a, what looked a certain goal. He certainly That's, did, yeah. yeah. That was a crucial, crucial play. But uh, it was such a refreshing story, though, uh, Rory, and I suppose James Cameron can jo- let you join in here as well. Like, I mean, the fact that the 300 lads in the school, you know, they're all local lads, you know, from neighbouring parishes. The record before this hearty cup seemed to be pretty abysmal, so... The fact that they were able to get through rounds and build the confidence, it's just been nothing short of a fairy tale story, uh, uh, Kieran and Gent. Yeah, and it wasn't even that they had to go through any, you know, an easy way or an easy track to the final, like to beat De La Salle, obviously Arsenal in the final, to beat Coleman's, you know, so they, they did it the hard way. Um, and I think it's just a, a sign to other schools that it can be done, you know, just because of your size or like 300 pupils, uh, probably a small school in these days. Uh, from start to finish, like, it's, it's, it was a fairy tale, fairy tale result. And I think nine more, the the clip that was went viral, um, I think it just showed even to him, like he had to admire what what, what they've gone through and how they got there. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's, it's fairy tale stuff to be honest with you. I mean, um, I think the thing that stood out for me, like throughout the campaign, was that they just. A, a never say die attitude and refusal never to be beaten. I mean, um, the, the, as I said, the, you collect the quarter final versus CBC, they were six down going into the closing stretch and uh, did manage to turn it around. And like, as Kieran was saying there, it's it's not like they had an easy, you know, things worked in their favour in terms of the draw. They went through like some very big hitters in Coleman's, like CBC in the last couple of years, what, three finals. And, you know, Coming through Dallas Salle then in the semi-final and then on to Archibald Reese, I mean, you couldn't get a tougher, you couldn't get a tougher route really. So it's, it's, it's just one of those, yeah, I think it, like, obviously the league kicked off la- last week, but it is the highlight for, for last weekend, to be honest with you, for a lot of people, I would thought, you know. Exactly, exactly. No, so it was a marvellous, marvellous triumph and what a tonic, I suppose, Rory as well for East Clare Harland as well, underage wise. Yeah, like, uh, as we know, the, 
clear underage last year. There was a lot of talk about negative talk about you know how they were behind the what was going on in neighbouring counties and that. But it just shows that the hurlers are there, and uh, you're looking at what traditionally like at that age group, um, Tala O'Callaghan's Mills would be kind of in the B grade. So to pull players from there, um, Fecal will be strong at that age group. They're amalgamated with Kidanena, so even still like they're still kind of amalgamated at underage. And they would have a couple of players, one lad from Clooney, one lad from Broadford as well inside. But so like they are coming from, you know, not an, an urban area at all. And it is a great tonic for East Clare Hurland because, yeah, in the last few years, we saw a lot of what we thought traditional senior teams from East Clare drop down. A couple like Tully themselves dropped down to intermediate. Um, and it is a bit of a resurgence. Scarif won the intermediate two years ago. Killaloo won it last year. So, yeah, th- there is a bit of a resurgence and badly needed. We're underage for Clare as well. They have a good sprinkling as well in, in, in Article Reese, you know. So, I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, I mean, it, it, things... Yeah, they're not probably what you're saying there, Rory. It's probably not all as doom and gloom as what it seemed, you know, mm-hmm. um, 12 to 18 months ago, you know. And the Dean Ryan final this year was Flannan's beat Arsenal Reach. And I think out of 36 players that played in that final, 26 were clear between both teams. Yeah. I heard uh, TJ Ryan was on about that, all right, like uh, earlier on the week. Yeah. So it's, it is good news story for, yeah, and it's good news story for Clear. So, um, you know, uh, you, you need counties to be competitive, um, you know, just a small enough pool as it is uh, at, the, at the top table in Hurling. So the, the more counties that are competitive, the better for it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, Karen, what stood up for you uh, for the, the weekend past? Well, it's one I'll talk about. Our own county, Limerick, and I was at the game the weekend. Um, sure. Awful game in Ireland to watch, I suppose, and depending on what you're looking for. But the first thing I will say that you won't see from the television was the, the conditions. Uh, Wexford Park is, is probably up there with, with Salt Hill and a hard place to go, and the wind being one of the contentions there. Um, usually you'd have a wind coming off, off the, from the water, from the coast, but it was coming the opposite direction and it, it kind of it was swirling you know it was changing all the time so it, it did make it did it wasn't the ideal at all conditions for hurling um but maybe it has the games in other ways it was a real i think in, in wexford's favor it was like a real dogfight a real battle uh the middle third was just it was it was mental at times um i think i think wexford played well uh they came in they probably reverted back to the sweeper I suppose looking at the result the week before, you know, shipping 229 to Dublin, they were, I suppose, with Limerick coming down, maybe with a fear there, they went back to the tried and trusted. It probably won't, it won't happen overnight where Egan is going to put his stamp on the team. It's going to take, it's going to take time. Uh, but nonetheless, they played well. Matt O'Hanlon, who I probably been a bit critical about last week, <laughs> did, did well, Connor back, but. Look- must have heard the podcast, Karen. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did. Um, but in saying that, Gillan was very poor. Gillan was two or three yards behind him. So, you know, when it comes to Championship hurling, I don't know, will he, be, will he have that much effect in cornerback? Uh, Potty Foley is a huge plus back for Wexford. I think he just ties the whole lot together. And the whole backline played well. Um, Damien Reck, who's a Oigate man here, he, I thought he had a very good game. Along with Connell Flood, he had two great points as well. From uh, from play, Mikey Dwyer. Suppose he took his goal well in the circumstances. Uh, I don't know. It was it twelve to fifteen steps? I hear Davey was saying that he was being fouled. You know, two wrongs don't make a right either. Uh, you know, if you're going, I think the officiating it needs to be looked at. It was kind of from Limerick's perspective, the goal being allowed, and then the next play went down, and Limerick were were penalised for overcarrying. So, um, yeah, not. not it was a well-taken goal. He, he finished well. 
Uh, Colin McDonald thought he played well. Got a lot of ball in the second half because uh, Wexford played with the wind. Like the wind, they used the wind to their advantage. Which Limerick didn't do in the first half. A lot of ball went down on top of him. I, I think the Wexford crowd are, you know, they're happy to see him back in there in front of the square. I think that's where he's most influential. Uh, you could kind of hear a few calls during the game where, you know, if he caught a ball, it was they were urgent to drive it over. So based on the reports during the week, that's the only bit of driving he'll be doing for a while. Uh, by all accounts, Limerick were poor. I thought. I think the only player you can pick out that did justice himself was uh, Barry Nash. Tried a great game, but it just looked like they were off the. They weren't at the game at all. They were sloppy, you know, drop balls. I think we actually they pulled it up to them. They didn't overcommit to tackles. I think they just stood them up, and uh, they made it hard for them. I wouldn't panic yet, but. From a Limerick point of view, there wasn't too many positives to take from it. I think Alain will improve. You need, he'll need the two or three games, uh, particularly, and he'll he'll come uh, right anyway. But yeah, Wexford, I think there was a little bit of hunger in the belly there, I think, just to make that statement, particularly with Darry Egan. I, I think so, Mark. Yeah, and then you, you factor that in as well. They've they got a bad beating off Dublin in the in the Walsh Cup. Yeah. So, you know, it's but you know, you need to create a bit of momentum for yourself coming into the league. And so, the, you know, the, it was, they put out a performance there and it was kind of... I suppose it was like a, it was like an old an old school kind of game, really. I mean, I can't remember the last time it was like one eleven to eleven, like one eleven. They wouldn't even win you a half normally in in hurling, like so. Um, and at the last time, it's Limerick scored eleven points in a match. I, I you'd be going back a long time, like to you know. I mean, like, their their wide count was the ten or eleven, I think, in the in the first half alone. So I mean, you know, as, as well as Wexford played, and you know, Limerick were poor in the day, but you know, if they converted any. Any one of those, uh, those whites, Limerick could still come out on top, you know? But exactly. I think the biggest disappointment um, was the younger guys. Uh, like, none of them really put their hand up. I think Cahill O'Neill really struggled. Um, like, he was in the middle of it. He was in, you know, that middle area. I found, I suppose, he's used to having space, and he just didn't have that space. And I think he fumbled on a ball. He just, it, nothing went his way. Uh, but any of the guys that come on, Ocean O'Reilly, any of these guys, I don't I don't think any of them put their hand up. And I suppose looking ahead, are, is Kylie kind of wondering about how do we replace Peter Casey? You know, especially when he goes into the championship. Like, is Mulcahy going to have the legs for week in, week out? I don't know. He had to go compare with Kamalik, but it's it's a tough ask. Uh, Pat Ryan, who has been on the panel in a good few years, uh, I don't know. Is he a starting player? I think he... He might potentially be a better sub to bring on fresh legs when you need a bit of speed and pace. So I think from that perspective, they'll need some more answers over the next few weeks regarding how they're going to plug that hole going forward, I think. Yeah, I think actually Adam English, the uh, club mate of Pat Ryan's, could be a, a real option there. Just saw him yesterday playing with uh, UL against Mary I in the Fresh One Championship and just looked really sharp. Um, lovely touch and turn is similar to Casey in that he has uh, Joe turning a sixpence uh, style and uh, he could be a, a, he looks like an you know out and out corner forward as well and physically I know he's young but physically he's a strong young lad and um, so you'd imagine he'd physically stand up to it. be interesting to see he's named in the bench this weekend be interesting to see if he gets game time and how he gets on exactly and it's against Galway as well uh, this week uh, this weekend coming on Saturday night and I think some key news coming in from Limerick is Barry Nash being selected at centre back uh, for that game, uh, Declan Hannon on the bench, so uh, Kyle Hayes, Dara Donovan, Sean Finn make their season debut. So, I mean, we can lead into the Galway game, and I mean, it was here in Salt Hill, Pierce Stadium, <laughs> uh, like uh, Wexford, you know, geez, it was a fair cold place now, but the breeze kind of blown around there, but Peroffley just uh, weren't really at the races. 
unfortunately, Oshin Kelly's injuries really dampened their kind of enthusiasm for now. Joe McDonough Cup, I think Michael Fenning was very quick to point out post-game, is the priority, but they got a lesson of Galway here. Um, an awful lot of the young guns played exceptionally well. Evan Nyland, again, I think he has to be included into this Galway starting lineup. He scored 1-6, five, po- five points from freeze, 165. Again, Whelan inside full forward line, Don Loche as well. So, again, all the young goods showed well. Um, again, it's uh, going to be very interesting here. Owen Cahill led the charge for Offaly with 10 points, eight from freeze. But again, they were struggling all ends up. They had a, a nice breeze behind them in the first half. And there were, I think, six, seven points down at halftime. And the game was well and truly over. I didn't think it really got going at all, Mark, even from the, from the first whistle. You know, Galway kind of, Galway pulled clear even with, like, even playing into the breeze. And, yeah, as you said, the game, the game was done. The game was done. Like, I, I think as well, just, like, they, they put McInerney, they'd moved him over, Don Cahill. And so it showed you, like, the, the intent there from, from Shefflin straight away. And, yeah, they never let him settle. And they kind of ran away with it, really. I mean, they could have had three or four goals in the first half alone. Ended up with four goals anyway, and it was like it was a rout really. And I think for Offaly, what you'd be hoping for is that you know that they uh, they don't ship a lot of beatings um, in the league going forward because you just want them to you know they're kind of developing and you don't really want it to affect them long term. You know exactly. Right. And even Giro back in Arnie gets one one. <laughs> I mean uh, one for the archives. I think uh, his goal was yeah. a bit of a rival to Rovers uh, effort as well. So. But like we can move quickly along from that because I mean Galway haven't run anything. I think the real last test will be on uh, Saturday night against Limerick in uh, the TUS. Uh, Getting close. set up a, a really watering clash though um, against Limerick, all right? Because Limerick now they'll be looking to bounce back as well. And under Kylie, Limerick don't do two poor performances in a row. So I, I think it's it's set up for a fascinating encounter at the weekend between uh, Galway and Limerick. Uh, I think there's one thing on, on Galway, Mark, is I really think that Joe Canning is going to be a huge loss. Galway are the sort of team that when they're going well, they're the best team in the world to watch. They'll put on a big score on teams. But when it comes down to tight game, and there's a point or two in it with a few minutes to go, where, like, over the years, how many times have we seen Canning just do something magical and get him over the line? I'm struggling to see a player in the Galway setup that can take over that mantle. Connor Whelan, maybe the next closest to him. I don't know. I, I think Canning, they don't know how much they're going to miss him gone. Yes, I don't think. I think uh, Nyland, yes, uh, he looks very good. But without being too critical, I'm like the, the penalty miss, you have to hit the target. You know, like the, it's early, it's January, it's February. But I think going forward, will the metal be there? Like we all, we saw Galway in the league last year. They were short in the price every league end went on, and then it was just an explosion. Like where, how did it all go so wrong so quickly from between the league and the championship? They were like two different teams. Yeah, I think the mystery still continues there. I think the book is going to be released anytime soon. But uh, yeah, God, you've high standards, Karen. Uh, you know, start of the league, you know, haven't hit the target on a penalty. So, but I think Nyland as well. He showed his class with the NUIG there midweek as well. He had an outstanding game against WIT. So. I think it all bowls well for Henry, but uh, King Henry, but I think Henry will look for the statement of intent down in Limerick on Saturday. I suppose we can quickly go as well to Claire and Cork, lads, with uh, the lad from Claire, Rory Walsh, and James Mulcair from Cork. So I suppose two different sides of the fence, uh, guys. Uh, what was your thoughts on Saturday night down in Parker Cave? Uh, I, I thought uh, Claire actually started brightly enough, but, um, you know, but like Cork got on top and uh, 
like from the 20th minute on, I, I think they would score them 110 to no score uh, until half time, and that was really the end of the game for for Clare. And second half, uh, second half, uh, you know, I, was, I thought it was a bit boring in the second half really because there just was, there wasn't much of a um, competitive edge to it. Um, Cork, like it was the kind of game that would suit Cork. Then it was loose. Um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't much physicality. Um, they weren't really in Cork's faces, so they could Cork could implement their game plan. And yeah, I like. I was kind of disappointed with the maybe the last ten minutes with Cork. I thought they kind of faded out, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say they let Clare back into it, but um, I think Clare like six or seven points there, um, unanswered there towards the end when Cork got the goal. But um, contest was done. Yeah, contest was done. But that sport, that scoring sport from the twenty minutes on, really, um, Clare just yeah, I, they kind of. I know they're missing a few, but I kind of thought they they kind of gave up the fight a bit, you know. Um, and they kind of just it, 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 it was a it's the ideal game it was the ideal game for Cork like they're, they're the type of games that Cork uh, relish really and um, yeah they, I mean they, they put on a big score yeah I suppose I touched on this last week uh, we're missing a lot of players but the players we're missing are generally forwards you're looking at Duggan Kelly Conlon to come back in Shane O'Donnell and it's it, uh, I'm very worried about our backs uh, we seem to hard to recognise what our puck strategy was because Cork were, Cork were pulling back, let Clare hit the cornerbacks and the cornerbacks. Full back line as well, uh, Conor Cleary as well, at times didn't know what to do with the ball. They didn't know whether to go short with it. Uh, when they hit it long, it was going straight back to, down Mark Coleman's throat and centre back. I don't know how many times he swept up ball that was coming from straight from our puck out from a cornerback or fullback. So it's, it's something that they won't win many league games if they're going to have no real strategy with a short puck out and how they work the ball out. Yeah, again, so it's, it's a bit worrying uh, from... Like I know we can say, oh, we can name all the guys that are missing, but the fact that okay, Keen Galvin, who was a, a young prospect coming through, he actually had a bad knee injury last year, so he played just the Antrim game, and then he didn't feature again for the rest of the year. He had a bad knee injury, so he needs to get a bit of game time. I think um, he's playing in the Fitzgibbon team at UL, so playing at a high standard there, because Clare have to look at they have to look at some new defenders like. Um, it is it is a worry saying that like Wexford coming to town on Sunday Sunday afternoon it's going to be probably a bit like Limerick needing a reaction Claire Lohan will probably be you know smarting after that game last week and how Claire seemed to just in a way wave wave the white flag very early in the game um it had a real feel of a challenge match for the last 20 minutes as James said there like it was you score we score for a small bit of it and just got very sloppy but uh, yeah, Clare are going to have to come out all guns blazing with Wexford. I think they're still a bit smarting over the whole COVID-19 close contact fiasco of last year. And I suppose they got the ultimate revenge in the championship, but it still must be hurting. And I'd say that they don't need much motivation going into this game, especially after last week week's defeat as well. So yeah, two two big games where the home teams, Limerick and Clare, are going to really have to come out and you know, kind of put last week's performances to bed. Absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, I think Cork James, in fairness, I count them 13 different scores in the 70 minutes. I mean, Karen Kingston was outstanding with nine points. Mark Coleman, five points. And Darrell Fitzgibbon, it was great to see him back, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty prominent four points as well, which I think should be a huge sign for Cork this year, particularly Darrell Fitzgibbon, because we never really saw the best of him last season. He, he was, he was, yeah, he he wasn't great last season. I, I think he was kind of carrying an injury for 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 most of the year and uh, or never really recovered from it. And um, but he does seem back to his um, the last day he did seem back to his um, 
you know, his pre-2021 form, and he will be a big, big, big addition if that is the case at midfield, you know. Um, like, he's got, he's just had such pace in him, and uh, he's got an engine to get around as well. Um, so that, like, if he is back to any way sort of form, um, that, that just bodes well for Cork going forward, I think. But I, yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, uh, like, they went on that scoring sport, as I said, from about the 20 minutes on, but you couldn't really read too much into the second half. It was, it was just set up lovely for Cork, that kind of game. Nice and open, um, I, you know, like Cork have struggled in the past when you put it up to them physically, and I still think that there'll be question marks there, um, you know, against you know likes Limerick and their more physical teams. But like it was just, it was, it was. If you if you were setting out a game for Cork to play, that was it at the weekend to, uh, against Clare. It was just it was so open there in the second half, and yeah, as um, Kieran was saying, or Rory was saying there, it just felt like a challenge match um, at times there in the second half. You know, and like you talked about, Darryl Fitzgibbon, Clare were wiped midfield. Like Cork scored seven points from play from their two midfielders. Joyce, who was very impressive, he was excellent actually. He was he was excellent, and I think maybe he might be an option. Even when Coleman was bombing forward, uh, he was dropping back back in to, to cover Coleman, and I actually think maybe I don't know Kingston might look at eventually moving moving Joyce, maybe swapping the two of them and getting Coleman further up the field. I, 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 I think Coleman is unbelievable hurler, but I'm just not sure of him as um, a centre back. I don't think he holds down. I don't think he's. I agree. Enough, I, but, uh, and I, t- I think they should be looking to to release him further up the pitch. To be honest with you, you know. And David Fitzgerald for Clare midfield was anonymous. Like he's an enigma, this guy, because he's quick, he's good in the air, he's all the ingredients. Like, but he just has no level of consistency. Um, so like you're kind of wondering, and he's been tried wing back, wing forward, like, and you see him some game, especially when he comes off the bench, and you're saying. Oh, this lad is, you know, such a talent. But then the next game, he's like case in point was the uh, All Ireland semi final with Galway in replay, where he came off the bench and the it could have been the extra time in the first match in Crow Park and looked unbelievable. So he was thrown in midfield to begin in the replay and Turles was taken off after 20 minutes. So yeah, it's just like it's a strange one, but yeah, it's another factor. Like a clear and no score from the re- two midfielders and Cork at seven points. Like there was nine points in it in the end. So you can all, you can point at yeah. one one spot straight away. Indeed, and I suppose Rory, kind of going back to it, um, there was I thought it was unexpected retirement news uh, with Colin Galvin. Um, Colin quits on the intercounty yeah. scene. Yeah, what was your reaction there? It's great servant. Wasn't to Jersey, but disappointing to see him kind of finish. The way it has helped. Yeah, like 28 years of age. You know, was, I was surprised to be honest um, that he was retiring because um, I'd seen him inside training. Like he, he had gone back in training with them the early days, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. Look, as we said, he he was in 2013. He was brilliant. Like he was brilliant, and he had 2018 as well. Remember, he went back in that kind of sweeper role against Galway and Crow Park and changed the game. So yeah, yeah. Well, best luck to him. He's still playing with Clonmel Club this year for the season ahead. And I'm sure they're delighted to have him full time. So Claire's lost his his club's gain in a way. And Ian, his brother, is another lad who uh, had a injury or I, I think was a appendicitis. Another guy missing at the moment for Claire. And again, another forward missing. So exactly, yeah. Karen, do you want to kind of step in there? Yeah, just really surprised with Claire that there was no there was no real fighting Claire. Like you know, there was like a lethargic approach. Um, and I think that's what Lowen will, will look for next week. Like because seeing what what game Wexford brought to Limerick. Claire are going to have to put a bit of fight into it and, and meet him, you know, man for man. Uh, touching on Coleman, look, Coleman, he's exceptional going forward. Uh, he's described as your, your quarterback. But defensively, like, Malone scored three or four points off him. So I think it's all well and good 
dashing forward. And I know uh, James made a point that Kieran Joyce is stepping back. That's like you're talking a, a very well-drilled system for that to work all the time. Uh, I think for me, I think Holman would be more effective wing-back. I don't know, is it an option? Maybe Marquine step in centre-back just to bolster up and, and bring a bit of physicality there. Same with Melleric, I think. Jury's out. He'll need a few more games just to see how he really goes there. And uh, McCork are really, they're really building a panel. They really have a panel of, especially forwards, of really talented young players with serious pace. Yeah, they're bringing through. They're bringing through um, a few now from the from the under twenty team, and yeah, they are. That's the one thing that does seem to be striking me at the moment is um, there is serious competition for places. You're, I mean, you're looking there even at the weekend, and you know, I know Jack O'Connor came on there, but you, no Horgan or anything, and um, you know, Barrett came on, and they, they do like Luke Mead as well to come in, and like they they have competition there. It does seem alright. Um, but on Melrick, I, I thought he did okay at fullback, but he did get he did get badly turned for the for the clear goal, alright. Um, and the first 20 minutes, yeah, they were, the full-back line were, you know, they were under pressure, I thought, and, you know, they were a bit exposed there, um, you know, to have back line in front of them. So, yeah, I'd agree with you that, um, uh, you know, Cole, on Coleman, I, I, but I, I don't think in the, even in the, he's even suited in the back line, I would, I'd push him up forward, further forward, either into midfield or up into half-forward line even. I think he could, you know, he could um, dictate play from there. Exactly. No, uh, look, good result for Cork, I mean, I suppose Rory, uh, the positive, positive probably is Mark Rogers probably scoring the 1-5. Uh, you know, but again, I think Wexford, it's a new day out in Ennis. You know, as you say, Lohan will be hyping those uh, guys up. Cork travelled to Tullamore uh, this Sunday to play Offaly. What I've seen in Offaly, I don't think this is going to be anything but a Cork win. And uh, yeah, the Clare-Wexford game, I think, is pretty 50-50. I suppose we can get to 1B as well here, guys. Um, there were some interesting results. I mean, the winning score on each of these three games was 21 points, but I thought it was quite ironic. Um, probably the game of the weekend in 1B, I thought, was Dublin-Waterford on Sunday evening. I just watched it on Tina Jane. My God, physicality, and that was pretty incredible. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the game, lads. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Had a real championship think- feel to it, didn't it? Yeah, I think we flagged this last week as the game of the weekend, right? And in a way it was, but for drama, not hurling, and for intensity. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> tough out, and uh, you were doubling with two black cards, ended up with two red cards. Was it two penalties they conceded? Like, if yeah. Dublin held their discipline, Dublin held their discipline, they'd have won that game. But, like, they were on the edge, talk about on the edge, it was over the edge. But, yeah, in terms of, like, hurling purity, it wasn't, it was, it was an absolute war, and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> skin and hair flying. I think even Keno Callahan could have been sent off for either challenge, really, you know. Um, but Dublin, I thought Dublin, I thought Dublin played well. Uh, Owen O'Donnell is just phenomenal. I think he's one of the best fullbacks in the country. Uh, at some point from distance as well. They had nine different scores. Uh, like you know, it tells you its own story. And also during the week, I've heard it from a few different people that Keno Callahan wasn't in Chile with the Dublin footballers. So there's a lot of speculation that maybe he might joined the hurlers this year and I think if he was to join up with the forward line they have I think he would become the talisman and I, th- I think with Conor Callaghan Dublin could really push and be a serious contender for Leinster but that, I, I've, I've heard that rumour as well um, uh, Kieran. It's, uh, I think it's, it's just doing the rounds at the moment all right? it seems to be fairly um, uh, a lot of noise about it um, whether he does or not now I'm not sure but certainly a lot of talk about it alright No I just think with Waterford um like two fifteen, but two two nine of that was from place balls. So like they only actually scored six points from play, which okay, maybe it's not gonna be worrying 
it's not going to worry Cahill this early in the year, but uh, I think you'd like to see a few more lads on the board. They've all the Valley Gunner guys come back and Jamie Barron, obviously they're going to add a serious attacking content, but I don't think you'd like to, you'd like to see that every week. I think you'd like to see more points on the board from players, especially. Exactly. Because it seemed to me they were quite flat up until that chamozzle that happened maybe five, ten minutes into the second half. They looked quite flat. I mean, wasn't much there for Dublin to threaten. And then there was a bit of a melee. There was 10, 14 guys there and umpires being called, given the all evidence and a few yellow cards handed out. And it seemed to stoke Waterford a little bit, really. It kind of culminated on that penalty. Uh, Brennan, the goalkeeper for Dublin, James, that was a, a, a that tackle would be befitting of a FIFA stadium 24 hours prior, uh, to be perfectly fair. But um, yeah, it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. And I suppose, as you say yourselves, lads, Waterford had the Ballygunder contingent not there. I suppose Cahill would be, I suppose, relatively pleased enough that he was able to get out of Parnell Park, but at least a point anyway. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good result. I think it's a good result for Waterford, to be honest with you. And um, you know, it's something to take forward. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be pleased. Yeah, I think the big game now in, in well, coming up soon will be that uh, D- Dublin away to tip. They're playing away to Antrim this this weekend. And OK, Antrim um, will be buoyed by their performance again down in Nolan Park. And last year, first round, remember, up they'd be clear up in Antrim in the first round. So Dublin are forewarned going into it. But if Dublin get over that, then they're going to Turles in the next round after that. And that will kind of Dublin win. They're right in there to win 1B. If if not, they're, they're kind of the race over. So that is a huge game. Yeah, tough place to go as well up there as well to win, to win you know. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be targeting that all right, I'd imagine, yeah. But uh, Antrim were quite good, actually, I thought, um, even though it was, uh, it was a dour enough all game overall against Kilkenny, but um, conditions were, were poor as well. But, um, you know, they um, bar, bar, um an excellent save at the end there. They could have actually they could have actually snatched it. Kilkenny really kind of um, let them back into it in the last 10 minutes and um, they're lucky enough to come away with the with the points at the end, I thought. And they, they're... I, I thought they were poor, really, to be honest. Um, Kilkenny, they seemed. Um, I, I heard um, Brian Hogan talking, saying that they look like you know what he's heard is that they've done a lot of physical training, but maybe not much hurling. And that seemed to be the case for me at the in the game that they, their touch seemed off, and you know they're trying to well, try to run through the lines, but they were you know that if your touch isn't isn't right, um, that's not going to work for you. And yeah, there was a lot, um, you know, the lot wide. Um, I just thought. Yeah, there's plenty for Cody to be um, worried about going into Turles at the weekend. They weren't uh, weren't overly impressive. I suppose he'd be looking at it that they got the win and move on. You know, move on to tip. I suppose you could with the weekend that was in it and the conditions. Uh, you know, a lot of teams you're not going to be too hard on them. But the interesting thing for me with Kenny was Patrick Walsh um, talking outside the forward. I, I suppose that. there's something going to be in that for the year ahead, or is it just a Cody with his experiments this time of year, but just uh, one I one you wouldn't predict to happen. Yeah, as well. Like uh, if you look at their forward line again, it's Billy Ryan, uh, Keown who played really well for them, uh, Bergen and full forward line Donnelly. Like everyone like thinks this okay, Kenny have uh, so conveyor belt of talent, but it's the same guys he's kind of coming back to for the last three or four years in the league, and you're kind of wondering where is the. I know uh, you've Owen Cody from Ballyhale has kind of you know shot out there and. I suppose Mullen has been around two or three years now, but you're kind of waiting for where, where's the next Shefflin or DJ. And, you know, every before every year you'd hear about, oh, Kenny has such and such coming through. And but it seems that Kavir has dried up and he keeps going back to the same guys who perform well one week and go missing for a couple of games. And then, you know, no, right after Kenny at your pearl, <laughs> as we know. But uh, there I is, think there definitely seems to be an element of that. I do think yeah. Cody is probably getting more out of them than them. Um, Absolutely. 
then what they actually are. And um, but you'd never, yeah, you'd never write off a Cody team. Like he, he's just he, like he's just the will to win and his his just desire is just it's just incredible and uh, seems to be an infectious um sort of trait that he all his teams uh, possess. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I wasn't yeah, I. I know the conditions were poor enough, but um, I think they had 19 wides in the end. Um, Kenny did, but um, yeah, they, they, that's going to be. We were talking there about Limerick and um, uh, Limerick and Galway being a, a, a marquee fixture, but um, that's going to be an excellent fixture as well this weekend. Uh, to Kenny and Tip, I would have thought um, both teams, you know, were kind of similar enough games, I suppose, and that's you know not overly impressive. But, um, and neither team is want, going to want to, you know, to. To lose that game at the weekend, you know, there's a, such a such a rivalry between the two of them. Yeah, certain, certainly, because I mean, with Tip, they went to Port Leash, granted, got the job done, 21 points to 114. But if you take uh, Jason Ford, 11 points, uh, Mark Keogh, four, and Jake Morris, three points. I mean, four points from the rest of the team doesn't look for good reading for Colin Bonner, and plus the fact that Leash were down to 14 players yeah. for 25 minutes of it, and yeah. like with the breeze, I thought it was maybe kind of tipped out a little bit, particularly last five, ten minutes, and Leash did really come back at them. Yeah, I think Leash uh, finished the stronger of the two teams. I don't think, I don't think Bonner will worry too much. He still has the two McGraths to come in, and if John McGrath can bring the form he had with Lockmore uh, from last year into tip, that's going to be a huge bonus. Uh, Shane McCandlin, whatever part he plays this year, hard to see him starting every week. Um Bonamar, if Bubbles can get back and get fit, you know, uh, Bonamar as well also. So th- there is firepower there, but I really do think Tip are going to really rely on Jason Ford this year. I think an injury to Ford, I think it'd be catastrophic for Tip. I think he, at the minute, he's the talisman. He's what's keeping it afloat. Not much more I can say. He is, he's going to be the main man there. The tough job for Bonner, really, uh, you know, he's coming in there and, you know, Sheedy before him probably um, relied on the old guard a bit too much. You could maybe argue was you know was he a bit selfish um, looking for the other Ireland himself rather than um, looking to try and develop a plan for the next few years for Tip and like it's kind of effectively been left to left for Bonner to um, come in and pick up pick pick up pick up that mess for him you know um, I thought like I thought I thought Morgan was 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 good for them there at cornerback but um, yeah there's really not much that you take away from this and um, we would come back alright but yeah poor enough poor enough from, t- from Tip I thought overall. If they have, to have any real ambitions, I think they have to be beating Kilkenny without the Belly Hill lads, without TJ and, so, and Adrian Mullen. Like they have to, if they have any ambitions for the league, they have to win this game for the weekend, really, because they've Waterford then and kind of a, a Dublin team that are showing promise to come after that. And definitely tasty enough between Waterford and Tip, just given the off season, Liam Cahill being linked to that temporary job, whether he took it or didn't take it, that was entirely. But I mean, the Tip backline here, I'm just looking at it, guys. I mean, it quickly in a fullback. Craig Morgan, cornerback, the under-21 All-Ireland winning uh, player at cornerback. He had Quirk at wing-back. Seamus Kennedy played centre-half back and Barry Heffernan and another wing-back position. So, I mean, I think with Bonner, he's really kind of experimenting, giving players a bit of a go as Buzz Ronan Maher comes in, naturally enough. But I suppose we can get to it, Parik Maher, his unexpected retirement statement. I mean, we didn't cover it last week, guys, but what a legend of the game. And, uh, yeah, he's a ferocious loss for Tipperary, uh, particularly down the spine of that team. Uh, Rory, uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, another one unexpected that out of the tip players from last year, you'd have thought, you know, that Paddy Maher, like, they them sat back full back there, and you'd have thought, OK, they'll get another few years out of Paddy at full back. Um, phenomenal in the air. There was many, many games going back over the last 10 years where you were, 
killing your goalie for putting the ball anywhere near him because <laughs> his hand was like a magnet and just he had this ability as well to kind of win freeze from when he got a ball where uh, he he had a wonderful art of kind of leaning into the forward it was just very well done and um, so either he burst through the forward or, or he uh, won a free inevitably off him and it was just like it was one section of the Tipperary team that you kind of said keep the ball away from that area very few teams took him on I hear Brian Hogan earlier in the week saying that they rarely targeted players uh, pre-match but he was one player that Cody brought up that keep the ball away from so that that was a testament I think to to how good he was back there for Tip absolutely yeah I, I, I can only assume as well that um, you know like I heard like TJ Ryan was saying that's he was kind of surprised that um, you know didn't make the announcement earlier, but he must have been giving himself every chance that you know that he he thought he was going to be you know that he was going to he was going to be okay for this year, but um, not the case. Yeah, so big 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 hole for for Tip now um, with him retiring. All right, yeah, Colossus of the game really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Like look at his medal hall. You know the accomplishments, the All Irelands, the All Stars, the Munster uh, Senior Championship, Under Twenty One Minor, Tour of Sarsfields as well. I suppose devastating impact for them as well. I suppose they would have expected Porg Mauer to be lining out for them and the seniors uh, for many a year to come. And unfortunately, that is not the case. And we wish uh, Porg, also Colin Galvin, all the best in their intercounty retirement anyway. Um, so, yeah, maybe heading the block time anyway, lads. Uh, I think we've kind of talked about Limerick Galway, probably 50-50. Kerr uh, Wexford, uh, lads, who, who do you fancy? I think 50-50. Uh, it depends what game Claire bring. Um I think it'll be a real tight pitch. It'll say, you know, both teams are used to playing that kind of a, a setup. So I, I think 50-50 as well. Uh, Offaly Cork, I suppose we'll say Cork, I would imagine. No disrespect to Offaly here, but I think it's more development, I think, and performance that Michael Finney is probably looking at. And maybe blood a few more squad players in there against Cork. Um, one B then, I suppose, Tip Kilkenny. Uh, who do you, who do you fancy here, lads? Yeah, I I think Tip will get their I think Tip will will get their first win. Well, first win over Kilkenny under Bonner anyway as manager. Uh, they obviously beat Leash last week. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tip. And I'm gonna, you know I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna go with Clare as well against Wexford. Not out of uh, you know sentimentalness, but I just think in Ennis reaction from last week. Uh, yeah, and a bit of hurt from last year with Wexford as well. So I think they'll, they'll go with Clare there. Sorry, yeah. Go on. Tip <laughs> Kilkenny, I wouldn't be sure. Yeah, I. I um... I, I think that could go either way. Uh, I, I may be slightly leaning towards Tip, but yeah, I would not have any certainty. Yeah, Tip, I think. It'll be a real sign of how, like, last week's games, both bad conditions, bad, you know, bad opposition. I think this this will be a real test for each team. I think both teams will want to win it. But I think possibly Tip will have a, a stronger side available anyway. Waterford v Leash. Waterford. Yeah, I think Waterford are right, yeah. I think it's hard to see any improvement on Leash from last year. You know, under Cheddar, I think the... They made great strides on Eddie Brennan, and it all just went back to the old familiar before before Eddie Brennan's time. So I think yeah, Waterford. Yeah, I think we have to call out Roland's performance and Stephen Mara's performance against Tip as well. I mean, Roland scored one three, and uh, Mara eight points, five from freeze, like really kept leash in it. So uh, I mean, uh, it will all depend on Liam Campbell, I suppose, the side that he lines up with. Yeah, I think home win there, and then Antrim playing Dublin. I mean, I was relatively impressed by Antrim, to be perfectly honest. Top their insightful forward line really caused Kilkenny an awful lot of issues uh, when they got the ball in early, like some McManus and Elliot. Like, but uh, who do you fancy on this one? Uh, Kieran might start with you first. I, I think Antrim. I think this is one of the games Antrim will be targeting. Um, this and possibly the Leash game. Uh, very hard place to go, as Clare well know. But I think if if Dublin have any real aspirations about this year, 
I think it's a game they'll they want to win. Uh, so I, going on that, uh, I just just Dublin, but I think it'll be a tight match. Yeah, Dublin after a struggle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Dublin. We tipped them for one B, so I, I can't just uh, change in week two. Just them for another week. No, I don't think we'll waver, but I think Antrim are kind of showing progression there in Keelan uh, Malloy as well from the wing back position. He's coming on leaps and bounds as well. It'll be very interesting, but uh, and it's a vital game for Dublin as well to kind of get the promotion push going as well. And uh, yeah, we'll give it to Dublin as well. Before we go here, guys, uh, we'd be remiss of us not to mention the All Ireland Club Senior Championship final uh, this weekend. Uh, Baddy Gunner uh, faced Baddy Hale Shamrocks. Guys, uh, looks a fascinating watch, really. Uh, what are your initial thoughts and who do you think will uh, um, advance as winners? Uh, maybe we'll start with James here. Uh, well, I have a slight fancy for um, Bally Gunner. Um, I, well, it's just slight fancy for it. I mean, Bally Hale, I think they are in the slide, um, but they're just never beaten, are they? I mean, that semi final there against Thomas is, I mean, it should have been all over, but TJ Reid TJ buried, buried that free and. Same the semi final then against Rhinos as well. They, they looked like they were beaten as well and they, and they pulled it out of the fire. So, uh, and Bally Gunner then on the flip side then have come through Munster fairly handy. And um, they did get a test then against Lock in, in the semi final. Um, I just, yeah, uh, I think the bookies have it maybe marginally uh, favouring uh, Bally Hale, but I have a, I a feeling Bally Gunner, I think there's momentum with them. And um, I think maybe um, this is this is their chance to be honest with you. I think they'll do it. Yeah, Karen, what do you think? Probably Bally Gunner have had the probably easier of the two routes. Um, they look very impressed against Kilmallock. Uh, I don't know how good Kilmallock were that day, but still at all, it looked like they just blew him out of the water completely. Bally Hale, like, Jesus, Ryan has had him beaten, Thomas has had him beaten, but yet they're, they're still here in the final. So I think I think Bally Gunner, and I think just hunger, I think sure and playing hunger, like he can't be beaten. I think if they're going to win, they'll have to be... a Five or six points up coming into the last few minutes to win it. But I think, yeah, I think Bally Gunner will, the hunger alone, and I think if they do, what it will do for Waterford Hurling as well, um, yeah. it'll be huge for us. But you, 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 you can't, you can't leave Bally, Bally Hale in there at all. I think I'd agree with that. I think you have to be, if there are any, even with any sort of sniff at all coming down the closing stretch, um, that they're, they're just never beaten, you know, never beaten. I'm going to give a three in a row as well to Bally Gunner, but as well, a very hesitant one. It's a hard one to call. I think Crow Park will see, like as we see with Desi Hutchinson, just just that space inside the way Belly Gunner play, and they can expose that space in front of their full forward line. I think it's going to suit the two of them inside. And uh, yeah, again, I just think as well, Belly Hale haven't been as impressive this year. But saying that, they could turn it on in final day, as we know. Um, but yeah, just a hesitant tip for Belly Gunner there. Actually, Super Saturday, isn't it? With club final at three o'clock. Ireland and France, 4.45, and then Galway Limerick at 7. Yeah, so, <laughs> don't do weekends, huh? You wouldn't think it's the Valentine's weekend coming up or anything like that, you know. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, for me, look, I'm going to go against the grain. Uh, and until the champions get beat, um, I'm going to go Baddy Hale for kind of two key reasons. I think handling the final occasion is going to be a massive, massive, you know, task for Baddy Gunner. You know, for ba- Baddy Hale, Shamrocks, they've been there. They've been familiar with the setup. Crow Park's like a second home to an awful lot of these Kilkenny lads. So it's how badly going to settle here in this game, first 15, 20 minutes. And they will have their periods of pressure. And I think it's just vital that Billy O'Keefe and Hutchinson, and Billy O'Keefe in particular, is a guy that Hutchinson will be double marked. No question about it. So I think the likes of O'Keefe, guys like that, O'Mahony, have to step up from play on that. 
And on the other side with Barry Hale, you know, they will look to eke out goals early here. Um, I wonder if um, Adrian Mullen will be slotted in inside full forward alongside TJ Reid to get that, you know, initial kind of confidence boost. So I think for me, it's going to be an entertaining game. But I think Barry Hale, now granted Barry Hale, I think have about four lane injury worries, particularly two or three in the back line. So that could change things a bit. But I think right now I'm going to go Barry Hale just purely because they are the reigning champions and just don't know when they're beat to be perfectly fair but it's going to be entertaining again um whatever we will look at it guys we'll leave it there uh pretty lengthy episode uh many thanks rory uh kieran and james as well and sure we'll be back next week to kind of survey uh and review uh all the action that's been had this weekend thanks again guys thank you for listening to this podcast episode if you liked what you heard in this podcast why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.